Well, welcome back to the Dungeon Master's Block, the place where we come to talk about the Dungeon Master, the most important person in the game, the only person capable of playing God, killing characters, and lowering the egos of all other people at the table. I'm one of your hosts, Dungeon Master Mitch. And I'm Dungeon Master Chris. And today we are going to be talking about a subject that's come up a couple times recently on previous episodes. We're going to be talking about running non-canonical adventures. And so that's going to be a really interesting discussion that we will have when we get to the meet. But Chris, before we get to that, what do we got to do? Oh, Thundercats are go, man. I have a review (laughs) for us from Thundercats420. It says, great info, professional podcast, five stars. Thundercat420 writes, Great podcast. I'm a new DM in this wonderful world of RPGs. I have listened to a bunch of these episodes and have found an amazing amount of inspiration from the DMB crew. Thanks to the Sneak Attack podcast for giving your info out to the listeners. I'm eager every week to hear what they have come up with next. Keep bringing the heat. Thank you so much, Thundercat0420. We are so grateful for your review. Our next one comes from Magic Item Review, which is a new podcast, I believe. And it is entitled, A Go-To for Dungeon Masters and Players Alike. Five stars. The Dungeon Masters block helps generate the creative process to polish an existing campaign. They also help make the workday more enjoyable. (laughs) Cheers. Thank you so much, Magic Item Review. We appreciate that review. (laughs) Thank you so much. All right. And with that, let's head to the meet. I'm starving. We ain't had nothing but maggoty bread for three stinking days. Why can't we have some meats? The flat meat back on the menu, boys. All right, so as Mitch said, today in the meat, we are going to be talking about cannon, and we are not talking about the cannons that go big exploding that you see in the Civil War. We are talking about cannon as in when people got all upset about Star Wars not being the old stuff from Star Wars not being canon anymore. So Mitch, when we talk about that specific type of canon, what are we talking about when it relates to our campaigns as dungeon masters? Well, it's funny because uh, we've been doing this show for quite a long time now. I'm not sure exactly what episode this is, but I believe it's in the 90s at this point. Yeah. And I think Chris, you and me have mentioned canon. I think that our guests have mentioned canon on multiple episodes. So by this point, if you're a longtime listener, you probably have a good understanding of what canon is. Or maybe you've just been frustrated because you're like, why don't they explain it well? So <laughs> us talking about canon is now canon to the show. Yes, we'll exactly. Just, we'll put exactly. it that way. <laughs> the word canon is the material accepted as officially part of the story in an individual universe of that story. So like Chris, you said Star Wars or Harry Potter Uh, The Marvel Cinematic Universe canon is different than the comic canon. DC's canon changes every single week, so, (laughs) you know, just can never keep up with it. If I was to write a fan story about Harry Potter, about how Voldemort is actually the good guy, uh, that would not be canon unless somebody like J.K. Rowling said, you know what, I really like that, I'm making that canon. And so that's was. What you were talking about, Chris, Star Wars with the re, uh, the new Star Wars movie coming out, they decided with Disney taking over that certain books, pretty much every book that was written uh, was not 
canon anymore. It was pretty much any of the books that were like encyclopedias and things like that. They, I think a lot of them were still canon or half canon. It gets really confusing, but uh, <laughs> the origins of the word word actually originate from the word canon was used to describe the books of the Bible uh, that were uh, decided to be put into uh, the Bible that we know today. And that even that even differs if you go from the, the Catholic Bible to the Protestant Bible, but that's where the word originates from. So if you want an easy way to kind of remember a cannon, there's only one thing that really fits into a cannon properly. It's a cannonball that's fitted for that cannon. Now, Mitch, like what you said with the fan stories, you could try and shape that into a cannon, uh, into a cannonball, but it's going to end up being a block and doesn't necessarily fit into that cannon. So the things that you could consider cannon for a campaign or for any sort of world are the only things that fit inside that canon. Are you lost yet? It's a no, great, I really it's a great like image. This, this is you, actually really if you, good. <laughs> if you are thinking about it, it's the only thing that can actually fit inside that canon to be shot out properly. That would be what would be considered canon in this case. The only story that fits into the overall universe is the one that whoever has con- creative control, so in our case as the DMs, unless it's something that we deem could work and we change it and shape it and mold it into a fitting into the overall story is the thing that would fit inside of that canon. So that's my image <laughs> of what I think of when I think of canon. If you're lost, don't worry. I kind of lost myself a little bit too, but what do you have to say about like when you see all those uh, movies and I know that they would do it in history when they ran out of cannonballs and they just shove things in and just forks and knives and shoot well, it's not people. canon it wasn't what was meant <laughs> supposed to be in there it's awesome people loved the fact that they could do that but it wasn't how the canon was supposed to properly work so that's the same with fan fiction I sometimes like it. Yeah. look at that you had a rebuttal for my i remark. can think on my feet come on i'm in grad school i can do this go. thing now you know <laughs> so that's that's canon so if we're talking about canon in uh we are dms and especially if we're talking about Uh, running our own game, our own story. Like, if you're running a game that's set in Faerun, I mean, really, you're the DM. You can do whatever you want, but if you go and you kill Dritzdo Worden, it's not like Ari Salvador is going to say, oh, no, he killed Dritzdo (laughs) Worden. Dang it, this one DM killed him. Like, it's not going to be canon as far as... Uh, what is the Forgotten Realms like? That's as much not as happen. as much as the acquisitions incorporated people would like to try and do on their <laughs> right, on their exactly. live shows, it exactly. doesn't end up working that way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But yeah, if you if you do something like that in your own games, that would be considered non-canon because you were not the creator of that story. But as DMs, who a lot of us I know do create our own stories, do create our own worlds. I think a lot of us, Chris, I know you can echo this. I can echo this. Uh, we have these things that, and we've said this before on the podcast, that sometimes it is okay to say no to. Um, if a player comes and they say, I want to be this race, and it doesn't necessarily have to be, it's it doesn't necessarily have to do with, well, this race is broken, so I don't want to let them play this broken race that is going to make it unfair for the rest of the players. But it's like, well, I didn't plan on that race being in this world that I've created, um, nor have I ever wanted that race in this world, um, then that's something that if somebody played that in your own world, that would not be canon because you as the creator would not be in front of that. But so let's talk about why would you ever want to run 
and maybe what that would look like a non-canonical adventure. What are some reasons that you'd want to run a non-canonical adventure? I think one thing that I think of and one reason that I would possibly run a non-canonical adventure is players are always looking things up. Players are always seeing new cool homebrew things. They're always scouring the internet for fun things because it's so easily accessible. And I think one thing, one reason why I would want to do this, or or myself, I find something online and I'm like, oh, this is sweet. Like I want to try and do this, see how it would work. Maybe to potentially make it into canon would be one reason to run a non-canonical adventure. Maybe there's something you find. You're like, I don't know if this fits into my world. Let's find out. Let's run an adventure, see if it works. If it does, it can be canon. If not, scrap it. It doesn't make any difference to my world. But I think players, and me being a player and a DM, love to find new things online. And it could be a night if you're in a long campaign, like we normally run campaigns for about a year, year and a half, something like that. If there's a night where maybe not everybody can make it and people are like, oh man, I really wanted to try this fun race that's out there. But that race isn't canon to your world. Or there's like a really cool monster that you want to throw in as a DM. So you make a whole canon, a, a, a whole non-canonical adventure around that. It can be a really fun way to try things out that players find or you as a DM find uh, just through the internet or through reading books or, or what have you. That would be one reason I would think that you could run a non-canonical adventure. Yeah, I think you touched on something uh, when we had Jeff Stormer come on and talk about running games for either one or two players. Like this is something that came up. Like if you have a lack of players, not because you only have one or two players, but because you have a bigger group and only a couple players can come that night. Like that might be the perfect opportunity to run a non-canonical adventure with like you can have it be in the same with the same characters. They can run off from the group and do something else that is completely different from the story. And if you were to say that it's canon, it really wouldn't make sense. But if you were to say, well, it's just a non-canon fun story we're, it's, we're not going to worry about leveling up and going past the other players. We're not going to worry about getting tons of gold. Uh, if that happens, then we just say it's non-canon. It was just this awesome one-shot night, a non-canon part of the story. Uh, but also, I think that uh, another reason that would be really good to have a non-canonical adventure uh, would be sometimes you play in a campaign that the overall feel of the campaign can kind of be pretty pretty consistent throughout like the uh, voyage of the unending sea was pretty tragic pretty like pretty much a downer throughout the entire <laughs> campaign and so like to have like a non-canonical adventure put that in the middle of that might have been pretty fun and I can't go back and change that now uh, but to to have a break in the overall feel of a campaign it could go the other way if you have a really goofy campaign uh, you could have a serious non-canonical adventure within it um, you could have all different sorts of uh, break in the campaign with the same characters but have it be non-canon just co so you could have this fun I like to think of it almost as like a holiday episode yeah right <laughs> it doesn't right. really count <laughs> right well that's yeah I you know I think you're touching on maybe two different types of canon too like there's the canon of the actual story that the players are fully mm -hmm. participating in and then there's those nights like you were saying because I, I don't I don't know how that story of the rising sun fits into your world maybe that is actually you know quote unquote canon for what happened but it wasn't something that had any repercussions on the outcome to the story so in that case it could be something that's 
canon to your world. That's an actual story that happened at one point in time, uh, which are super fun to do. And then there's the other story where it's the ongoing prolonged campaign that is the, you know, uh, long-term canon with a, with more fleshed-out details that we're talking about. But what you, what you guys talked about when uh, Jeff was on, I love that idea of having those nights where it's just, we can flush out more ideas about something, and it's just for fun. So your players go off and... You know, if if they were in my campaign to be like, hey, we want to go visit this island that we don't know much about. OK, well, we have enough people missing that you can totally go and do that. If you die, we'll just say, oh, hey, look, it was it was a dream because I'm not going to punish you for a non, you know, canonical night of things happening. Um, I love those those types of nights where you can just go off, do something, explore. It gives you as an DM, especially in these uh, potential non-canonical nights to give more insight to specific areas of a world that you may not have otherwise had the opportunity to do, which can be really fun. And it is kind of a moment of like, Hey players, you're here. I want to like reward you with being here with something fun that you might not have otherwise been able to experience in this campaign, even though it might not actually become history in the world, whatever you did there. I think that's a reason in itself. It's just, just because it's fun because it's wacky, because why not? Why not do a non-canonical adventure uh, to break it up, to give your players something that they're clamoring to try because there's lack of players, or just because it's like, you know what, guys? Let's do next week. Let's let's just have a non-canonical adventure. It'll be fun. We don't have to worry about, like, it kind of takes a lot of, like, pressure off of you as the DM, like, if you really do love your world and love your story, to like just be like you know what i can say pretty much yes to anything because this is non-canon this isn't ruining anything i don't need to worry about it like i mean we we strive to say listen you want to say yes as often as you can but sometimes you have to say no in a non-canonical adventure i don't really know I don't really know why you would say no to pretty much anything. It's just <laughs> yeah. like, have fun with it, man. Go crazy. Like, be wacky. Why not? Like, you want to play these ridiculous races? You can come up with a way that this race somehow gets to your world. Like, in yeah, this whether it's like this adventure. weird plane shift thing that happened yep. that it's like, oh, they're not. And then at the end of the adventure, they either die or it's like, oh, we plane shift back the people who accidentally plane shifted us figured out how to get us back you know there's there's easy ways to prevent from uh in the future if if um if you have set races already for your players to be like well but this one time we had this race that you let us play and it could be an easy as like yeah well the people that accidentally plane shifted you here figured out how to recall you back and that's why there's no more of the chia pet race or whatever the heck you want <laughs> want to call i can't i can't think of any races off the top of my head that would be like oh yeah that's really wacky and non-canonical but uh so chris what can happen in a non-canonical adventure what are so what are things that we as the dm can let happen in the non-canonical adventure i think a lot of things can happen in a non-canonical adventure i would almost go as far to say almost anything can happen yeah. <laughs> in a non-canonical adventure. Yeah, I mean, if they if they really want to find a way to try and destroy your world in a non-canonical <laughs> adventure, that's why it's called a non-canonical adventure. Like, they're, they could, and then, like I said, you do this simple, like, oh, you all wake up from a dream, or uh, somebody steps in at the end and prevent... You know, there's, there's all sorts of things that you can do in a non-canonical adventure. And that's why I, th- I think I would have a hard time with 
saying a lot of no to players in that night. Like I, for me, when I go into a non-canonical night, I kind of picture myself having to do a lot of improvisation on the yeah. fly. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, which I think saying improvisation on the fly is a really redundant statement. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I think you, I think you kind of in those moments make yourself have to improvise because you have no idea what your players are going to do. And saying non-canonical night, players are instantly like, oh man, this is going to be one funny night because we're going to try and throw as many crazy things as we can at the DM just to watch them squirm. Oh yeah, I think you could definitely have a non-canonical adventure that isn't humorous in itself. But I think that, let's be honest, most times that you would be going for that, it would be just wacky and goofy and fun and just hilarious. And it would be a big there'd be a comical aspect to it, if not just comical throughout. And like part of that, like you said, Chris would be just as the DM, you'd be like, well, I'm, I'm going to be ready to improv tonight. I have to be because that's part of the, the goofiness of it for the players is throwing curveballs to the DM. Cause you're basically saying, Hey, what? Like anything goes tonight. Pretty much. It's non-canon. Let's have fun. And you know that they're going to be trying uh, to, to to catch you with your pants down, basically. Well, I, th- I think one of the things that I love about non-canonical adventures, and we say what can happen in non-canonical adventures, I think isn't even something that happens in a canonical adventure. I think something that can happen outside as players is you are just having a ton of fun in a non-canonical night. And if you're, if you're potentially struggling for why your characters are together and there's just a lot of stress around like the player buildup or there's just tensions between players, I think these non-canonical nights can help alleviate some of that and bring you to a place as a party where it's like, all right, we're kind of hitting the reset button, not on the whole canon that we just did, but just as players to just have a night of fun just to be friends and just hang out and have a good time and laugh because sometimes we don't do that enough in D&D, which is really hard to say, but sometimes that can be a stretch for us to even laugh and have fun at a table during a regular canon night. So I think non-canonical adventures can have a a way of alleviating some of that. I think another thing that we is great about a non-canonical adventure that can happen and we don't have to worry about as DMs, as players, is if you're doing a adventure and you're using the same characters from the campaign you're doing and you're doing that quote-unquote holiday episode or whatever that you're like, all right, we're picking it up from where we were in the story, but or we go back to this one point, whatever it is, PC deaths like can totally happen and it's not going to mess up the rest of your story. Like there, I mean, there are definitely points when you're running a long campaign and a PC dies and it should be a big ordeal. It should be like shattering to the rest of the PCs. It should be difficult uh, for your player, not because you want them to suffer, but because it's like, hopefully the idea is that the players have, fallen in love with these characters and you too as the dm like i know for me when a a pc dies like it's a sad thing when i'm dming and it it's a hard thing to deal with in a non-canonical adventure you could tpk the whole party and it's part of the wacky goofiness the ridiculousness because there's no consequence of like well tear up your sheet or you know you're not gonna be playing that person ever again 
because it's not canon. If they died that way, whatever. Yeah, that's a fun way for a non-canonical adventure night to end, is with a TPK. And a hilarious, because honestly, it wouldn't surprise me if your players got themselves into a position in a non-canonical <laughs> right? night to have yeah, to would be just turn, TPK'd. Would, <laughs> would that non-canonical adventure just turn into like an everyone is John situation where everybody yeah, just dies Pretty much. Well, we, I played a role-playing <laughs> game one time with uh, my wife that was called Everybody Must Die. And it's like everybody puts their names into a hat. And then you draw one out as the GM, and whoever's name you draw is the only person that lives towards the <laughs> end. Uh, is the only person that walks away from the game unscathed. Everybody else has to die by the time the Jeez. story ends. It's great. <laughs> uh. Another thing I think that can happen is, like, giving your player characters amazing powers. It's just like, why not? Like, hey, you have access to this level 9 spell for tonight because the gods have deemed you worthy of it. Go nuts. <laughs> or that's the only spell you've been practicing over and over and over yep. trying to get it. You've never practiced another spell in your life, but you can cast that spell for some yep. reason. I think you can I think you can do that with magic items too. Like you can yeah. have oh, yeah, some sure. sort of story where a king or your father or, you know, your great grandpa had a secret that was buried out in the backyard or something like that that he didn't want to know when they, you know, immigrated in, that there's this crazy secret magic item down for whatever reason that you can have access to. Uh, I think of Lou Anders' uh, book Frostborn, and they have the horn that uh, is this magical item that they never knew existed. And yep. so it could be that sort of thing where it's a magic item that you didn't even know was a magic item. You just think you just thought it was a simple drinking horn. And sure enough, it can control dragons uh, or <laughs> you, it allows you to speak to dragons, you know, whatever. I, I think that nights like this are an opportunity for you as a DM to possibly see how potentially powerful these weapons are and also to allow your players to have fun and just go with it and say, hey, if there's a weapon that you've really wanted to use or an item for some reason that you really wanted to use, go for it. Tonight's your night. Do it up. Deck of many things? Yeah, why not? <laughs> Everybody has to draw a card to start. That's how the night starts. One card? I want to draw six <laughs> cards. All yeah, right. okay. <laughs> All right. Let's, you, get, you get the only six good ones that are in the deck. Right. Uh, man, sign that guy up. But even beyond uh, magical items, like you were talking about like a horn that can uh, control dragons from uh, Frostborn, uh, what about just like companions, like animal companions? What about yeah. pets? Like uh, in this non-canonical adventure, does it matter if the entire group uh, gets to befriend a herd of Tyrannosaurus Rexes and like ride them throughout the countryside and they name themselves the Riders of Shabesh, right? <laughs> like, uh, you know, I don't know. If, I don't, yeah, no T-Rexes in the Riders of Shemesh? <laughs> no, I don't even know if you would allow it. No, I would not. <laughs> Especially in Shemesh. Pretty much because there's no T-Rexes in Shemesh. But <laughs> yeah, only that but, one and we killed them. Yep. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, like those are all different things. You could have gods intervening uh, and you could just have like like if you don't have gods intervening in your campaigns all, all the time, like this is a time for like them to get involved to the nth degree. You could have this non-canonical adventure and with what your PCs becoming gods, whatever it is. And I think one thing I do want to point out here is that when Chris and me are talking about giving your players these cool items, giving your players animal companions, having these awesome, crazy moments. We're not saying these are things you should never do in a regular campaign. Like, you should definitely try to, if you haven't yet, work yourself up to points where you can reward your players with really cool magical items or really cool 
animal companions and like rewarding themselves and making them heroes that are like legendary because of the cool things they can do. A lot of players out there are really looking for that and would love it if you, especially in these long campaigns, can get to that point. But like Chris was saying, like this is a really good opportunity for you as a DM that if you don't feel comfortable with that, to try some of these things out, to see how they work, to get a feel for that kind of thing. And in a non-canonical adventure, you don't have to worry about anything being game-breaking or world-breaking or anything along those lines. It just can happen, and it'll be fun. And if it breaks the world, it'll be fun. Yeah, yeah, I think that's very true. So when we talk about non-canonical adventures, what should I do for a non-canonical adventure. So I think there's a like a lot of avenues that we could go down for like ideas of non-canonical adventures. Um, I think that one thing that we should keep in mind is that if you're going to do this, if you're going to do a non-canonical adventure, it shouldn't be too similar to the campaign that you've been playing this whole entire time or whatever. It doesn't really matter. Like you really, I think if you're going to do this, you really just want to go crazy with it and just have fun. So, like, let, let's just start, yeah, let's just start spewing off some crazy ideas that would make fun non-canonical adventures. One of the things that pops to my head right away is time travel. Like, however that yeah. happens, time travel would be awesome. The wizard in your campaign that's, like, the group's guide, all of a sudden he becomes very Doc Brownish, and he's like, we have to yep. go back. We, we have we, to go back. I, I messed things up. <laughs> we have to go back. You have to help me. And like, maybe there's a big bad in your campaign that you're trying to take down. And instead of trying uh, to take them down from the present, you're like, we're just going to go back and we're going to make sure that, oh my gosh, this is getting really dark. <laughs> How do I? You can make it way less dark yeah. by saying, we're, it's like what people said. If you could go back in time and kill Adolf Hitler as a child, <laughs> would you do it? Yeah, exactly. I'm just going to say we're going to go back in time and we're going to make sure that he never gets to that seat of power. Like we're going to cut it off. We're going to make sure that he doesn't get to that seat of power. We're going to divert power somewhere else. We're going to make sure he never becomes the king, whatever it is. We have this weird plan to make sure he doesn't get to the seat of power. Well, yeah, with with time travel, I mean, you could just go back and you could show maybe it's not just trying to eliminate a power that is going to ravage the world someday. Maybe it's just seeing important events as your players. Maybe they're historians that they may have to go into battle at some point in time to get the answers that they need. But maybe they just are going back in time because they were commissioned by somebody who had the power to send them there to record history for actually what it was. I mean, it's it's the ultimate unbiased approach to history at that point in time. Because the classic saying is history is written by the victors. Well, say these events that you're going back to are 2,000 years removed. There's no possible way you could be biased whatsoever other than what you already know. But even then, you're not going to have any emotional connection. You're not going to have any sort of like relational connection to somebody from that long ago that you know of anyways. And you could possibly go back and just witness a battle happen and see what actually happened rather than count so-and-so saying... I changed into, you know, or called upon this demon to actually come and help save us. When in reality, it was a storm in the middle of the night that struck lightning and started the camp on fire and scattered. You know, it could be any sort of thing like that. And you get an actual unbiased approach to the history of the world. 
for whatever world you're playing. And I think that could be yeah. a lot of fun, too. Or you get a completely bias, <laughs> like the opposite. Maybe somebody yeah, right. sends you back in time on purpose and shows you his viewpoint of history. And it's so like different than like what history actually was. And it's like, oh, man, like this is way different than when we learned. You could also like have it be accidental, like falling through a wormhole. And maybe there is a big bad that you're trying to fight and you get shot in like 3,000 years into the future, and this bad, big bad has become a lich, so he is undying, and now you're in this like dystopian future. I'm, I realize I'm talking about Samurai Jack right now as I'm speaking about it, <laughs> but like you're in this dystopian future with like spaceships and robots and everything, and you're like, we have to go back. This is it. I started out this not thinking about Samurai Jack, and now I'm just 100%. <laughs> Let's just do Samurai Jack as a non-canonical adventure. That would be yeah, awesome. Yeah, right. Every episode could be, yeah, just go through Samurai Jack episodes, and those could all be <laughs> non-canonical adventures. I think one type of non-canonical adventure that I would find particularly fun, you know, once I have maybe five, ten campaigns racked up, is go back maybe with some of the same players. So at the end of, uh, you know, the Dragon Wars campaign, go back and maybe play that last night in the epilogue again and see what happens if everybody yeah. failed or play shortly after whatever was supposed to happen at the end of that campaign. Like in, in this instance, you guys killed Evanor and everything was saved. Ernie became a dragon. Well, what would have happened if you guys failed? And then you play into the future as new characters and you get to experience what that initial takeover was in that instance, or, you know, for whatever the outcome of your campaign was reverse that and then have your players go back in either as their same players or new players and experience what that non-canonical side of the story would have actually looked Marvel like. Marvel did a, and still I believe every now and then does this whole comic series called what if, and it's basically just that and they're what if stories. So it's like, what if Peter Parker never became Spider-Man? What would have happened? What if Dr. Doom decided to be a hero instead of a villain? Uh, it's all these weird questions that what if, and then it shows you like, this is how the Marvel universe would be if that never happened or if this happened differently. And that would be super fun to go back, especially to like a long campaign that your car your players have huge stakes in uh, that your players love and go, well, what if you didn't beat the bad guy or what if the bad guy you did, you lost in that campaign? What if you did beat the bad guy? Uh, what if the villain decided to do this in the campaign instead? What if this, this event that changed the world occurred in a different way or never occurred at all? What if uh, we, this one might be really interesting too. What if like, we as the heroes had decided, let's join with the bad guy. Let's join the evil yeah. side. And how would have that campaign been different if that happened? I think like doing a what if non-canonical adventure would be a really awesome like one shot or a couple like nights to play in for your players. Well, because I think it's really easy for us to, if we were to have failed and the bad thing happened, to imagine what would have happened if the good ended yeah. up winning out in that scenario. So I, I'm not so sure I would do a non-canonical. You could do it uh, totally. Well, actually, I think you could do it. I think you could do a good night of a what if, like if you, if the bad thing ended up happening. I think it's so much easier and so much more fun, I think, for your players. It would be if 
you ended up having the good outcome happen to go back and do yeah. the evil night if you would have failed. I think there's uh, obviously there's so many more like um, you could if you if your world doesn't have aliens, you can bring aliens into it. Uh, you could have your players be aliens that land on your world and are just like, what is this weird place? <laughs> like, yeah, well, let's most, see if we most can aliens come from the locals. from plane shift. <laughs> most aliens come from plane shifting. Yeah, but you have them descend in a spacecraft UFOs, from, from yeah. the sky. Like that's weird. Plane shifting is normal. Sky travel is not normal for ships <laughs> no. like that. You so have, how do your players react to that? You have your your PCs just abducted, and they are, they have to make their way off. They have to escape from this UFO. They have to pilot this UFO back to the world that you're on. Like that would be a really ridiculous, wacky, crazy night for a non-canonical adventure. They end up hooking reins up to the steering wheel because that's the only way they know how to turn and <laughs> make things work. They just yeah, can't figure out Where are the how. horses on this <laughs> Where thing? are the horses? Maybe they're in this room that's making all this noise, the engine room. <laughs> One thing I had that I was like, man, this would be an awesome, awesome way to do a non-canonical adventure is I have this idea of a fan fiction non-canonical adventure and so my idea for this is that you as the dm i know for me as a dm i have gotten to the point where i'm like i would like to be the only one who dms for the world of autos and i don't think i'm going to change in that fact but if i were to do a fan fiction and say hey let's have a night for each of you players and let's have you do your own fan fiction of how the last campaign we did should have been run and go crazy with it. And like whoever <laughs> is the player that's DMing that night, like I would take over as their character and we would just run this like really ridiculous and to hear like their view of like how the game should have been and like to be like, make sure it's not like too similar. Let's go crazy. Let's go nuts and hear like a weird, weird fan fiction from each of the players one night at a time where they get to DM as well. I think that'd be a lot of fun. I think it, I think it's great because as DMs, we always are tortured and patronized because of our NPC voices. Like, yes, we're, <laughs> we're thought of doing it so on the fly. They make fun of everything we do in those instances where we're able to take over their players. It's like somebody has a voice and you just totally make it snooty. Like, just oh, botch well, it. <laughs> yeah, 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 I'm going to do this thing that I always do. You know, like it could it could be so much fun. Obviously, and, don't overdo it. They would but it could probably be a lot do of fun. the exact same thing with all of our important NPCs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Or they, or they can make them better too in those instances. True. You know, so if you're in the middle of it and you have a scenario that they want to run and they have an important NPC, they could add something to it that you might really like and you might actually add in as canon. Who knows? Anything, anything is possible in a non-canonical night. Yeah. Yeah, and if you just give them that option and just throw that out to them, like I think you're going to get a bunch of silly stories. I think you might get some stories that you're like, wow, that was a really interesting take on it. Like you took it in a whole different way, but like I really liked it. Like maybe they made it into a really dark story or they took the villain that was just completely black and white evil villain in your story and they made it like, they made him into the hero of the story and they made yeah. the PCs look like the villains of the story. I think just going and saying, hey, like, let's do some fan fiction like stories. You guys are in charge. We're going to give you guys a night each. It would be really fun. And let's be honest, like 
if your players have never DM'd before and you're doing it as a group, I think that's a good thing for us as DMs to kind of try to help and teach others how to be able to do this because you might spark something inside of somebody and they might be like, you know, I really like this. I really like DMing. That was a lot of fun. It wasn't as scary as I thought. And this opportunity for all of us to do it together kind of let me feel safe enough to do this and get a feel for it. I think that'd be a lot of fun. One idea that I've had rolling around in my head for a while now is running a DMless night where everybody just sits around a table and makes up the story as they go. And whoever has this character that's getting in a fight, they quick grab the monster manual, have the stats for it, and they're the quote unquote DM of the monster at that moment. <laughs> so it's one of those things where everybody's sitting around the table and you say, all right, who has an idea for where to start out the story? You know, you can either do it whoever speaks up first or everybody comes up with an idea and then they roll with it and then say, all right, there's an important NPC that walks into the room. Well, who is it? Everybody could have a moment to think about an NPC that is popping up in this story at the moment. And they say, all right, who's the what's the one we like the most? OK, we're going to go with that. Well, what's their plot hook? Throw out some plot hooks. What does this person have? Whatever plot hook is the one that everybody likes the most. You go with that sort of thing. You know, it's it's kind of like your build your own adventure or choose your own adventure type thing that I think could be really, really fun. It could get really crazy, but it could also end up being one of those things where it's like you could build a whole campaign off of that one night and then have everybody play the continued players that they were and you just take over as the DM. I think that could be really fun. I might even try that out in the future if there's ever a night where not a lot of people can end up making it. Yeah, and once again, a great time to just go non-canonical adventure. This will be fun. Yep. Let's do this. Yep. So with non-canonical adventures, we could go on and on and on and on and on with so many great ideas. Just I'm sure as you could, the listener sitting out there, you're probably thinking the same thing. I have so many ideas that I could run for a non-canonical adventure. But unfortunately, sometimes here at the DM's Block, we have to stop the episode. And so as we get into the end of the episode, we just want to say, if you have any ideas for us or any any ideas of what you've done in the past or any stories you would like to share with us, head on over to your email, type in dungeonmasterblock at gmail.com and send us your email. We would love to be able to hear those stories of how a non-canonical adventure night went for you. And you can also go to iTunes and leave us a five-star review. Every five-star review helps us grow and helps people know that we are a, a great podcast that's doing good things. So if you've, if you've loved what you heard, head, over, head on over to iTunes and leave us a five-star review. You can also find us on Google Play Music, on Stitcher, Pocket Cast, and all of the other podcast apps that are out there on the internet and the app store. You can follow us on Twitter at DMS underscore block. That's at DMs block. You can like our Facebook page. Those are the places you want to go if you want updates about the show, if you want uh, the links that we're talking about. I mean, they're usually in the episode notes anyway, but those are places for updates about the show. D&D memes and D&D goodness all around. We have a Patreon member shout-out of the week, and this week's Patreon member shout-out goes to... Fun. Fun. That's a long one to try and draw out for a really long, long time. Yeah, so we just said it super quick. We did our best. <laughs> Half Acre yeah. of Fun. So thank you so much, Half Acre of Fun. We've gotten to actually interact with him quite a bit on, on Twitter and the forums already. Yeah, but, uh, but Half Acre of Fun is a silver dragon. So fear him as he uh, streaks across the skies and ravages the forums with all of his information and goodness. So that's what we have for you for this episode of the Dungeon Master's Block. The place where we talk about the most important person in the game, the Dungeon Master. The only person capable of playing God. Killing characters. And lowering the egos of all of the players, and even in non-canonical adventures, egos. 
Have a great night, everyone. And keep on dungeon mastering. Bye.